All right, folks, welcome to Jetcetra. It's the Winnipeg Free Press podcast about the Jets, sports, and etc. I'm your host, sports editor Steve Lines, and I'm joined as usual by sports columnist Mike McIntyre. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good uh, for a Wednesday. Is it Wednesday today? I think so, yeah. Oh my God. That's the... That's what my, my phone tells me, Wednesday. We're into November already, Steve, November the 3rd. I just got an email that uh, Oakwood Golf Course is reopening. Yeah, Shooters too. I got oh, a note yeah, here fr- as well. Like Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. It's, so I actually golf my first round this year in March, and people will have a chance to golf in November. That's a that's a rare kind of feat, right, in it's rare. Winnipeg? I remember a uh, former Free Press sports reporter, the, the news reporter, sports reporter, columnist, etc. Paul Wiesick once did a story for the Free Press where he golfed, skied, and something else. Surfed? Uh, on a December day. And where was that? In, in, Win- in Winnipeg. Oh, I guess he yeah. can surf. No, he didn't surf. Because <laughs> you can in California. You can do all those you in can. one day. Yeah, no. Um, I can't remember what the other thing was that he did. But then I'm kind of vague on the story. It was a long time ago. Right. Um, so, um, anyways, yeah. Yeah, so well, thinking? we, we get strange weather, uh, but it's been pretty nice and it's going to be nice this weekend. Yeah. Um, you know what else is nice if you're a fan of the Winnipeg Jets is their seven game, uh, streak here without a regulation loss, Steve. It's nice. kind of put those, those two losses to start the season in the rearview mirror. All right. Well, we'll get to that in the first period of our, or maybe the second period actually. So, um, where are we at? We're episode 80, Mike. The Pierre-Luc Dubois episode. Oh, my God. I never thought of that. Yeah. I mean, we got an, a prominent number 80 right now who's, who's red hot for the Jets. But I forgot he was number 80. Yeah. we That was in honor, of course, of his former Columbus teammate, uh, Matisse Kavlenkis. I always butcher the name, but the goalie who <laughs> died the, in the, yeah. the horrible fireworks tragedy last summer. And so he's honoring him now by changing his number to, to number, number 80. 80. The number change has certainly worked for Dubois, but I know you usually go the football route. Well, we'll Steve. chat. We'll chat about Dubois in the second period uh, for sure. Um, I do normally go the football route, and I'd be inclined to go with former Winnipeg Blue Bomber wide receiver Jeff Boyd. Yes. Okay. Very. And good my buddy receiver. Ken, who lives in Australia and who listens to this podcast regularly, mm. is going to be disappointed <laughs> because I'm not going with Jeff Boyd. Was he a big Jeff Boyd fan? <clears throat> Yeah, well, that would have been the era where yeah. uh, where we went to the games sure. together, uh, that kind of thing, our early 20s, that kind of thing. Um, Jeff Boyd was a uh, wide receiver with the Bombers from 1983 to 1987. Um, but I'm going with Nick Antropov. Antropov Come on. For sure. Right? He what? scored the first goal he did. in Jets <laughs> 2.0 history. Um, plus it's just, come on, it's Nick Antropov. The guy, interesting fellow, right? I mean, drafted, drafted 10th in the first round, 10th overall out of Kazakhstan. Remember yeah. that? Yes. He was the first player drafted out of Kazakhstan. I don't even think I'd heard of Kazakhstan at that, at that period of time. Borat hadn't been, <laughs> hadn't been on the big screen yet. Right. Right. Had a pretty good career. Not bad. Six, six, two forty five. He never really dominated physically the way that. Maybe some people had hoped, but um, his best year was, uh, he had a couple good years. One with the Leafs, 2007-08, 26 goals, 30 assists, and 92 penalty minutes. So that yeah. bit of a power forward uh, yeah. there, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Rough and, and tumble guy. 2009-10 with the Thrashers, he had 24 goals and 43 assists for 67 points. Not too bad. 
York, the, let's go ahead. At the time he was signed here, that was a big deal when the Jets signed Nick Andrews. Was maybe, well, did they sign him? Oh, he came with the team, didn't he? No, they signed him as a free agent, I thought. Didn't they sign Antropov and Ponikarovsky? I thought oh, that kind of maybe a one, they were free punch. agents, but they were they thrashers. Were, they were the, yeah. Uh, so maybe they re-signed him then as a thrasher. Them, yeah. Um, but you're yeah. He didn't necessarily work out maybe the way that. No, he was it, an assistant captain. He was he yeah. was kind of the, one of the faces when they first launched the uniforms. That's and right. All that, yeah. Right. He had a good smile. He did. Hey, his son was a heck of a hockey player. He had a, a kid who was right. playing like junior hockey here in Manitoba, and I think his name was is Daniel or Danielle. Uh, yeah, and he played in the. WHL as well, not right. WHL, OHL. OHL, as well, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, the Antropovs made a bit of a mark here for sure. What the heck, eh? <laughs> Nick Antropov. I wonder how he's doing. Yeah, I, I think he's still living in. At on some point in time, we should do a series. Where on are how, they? All, where are they? For all sure. the first guys from Jets point one one point oh eight from that first team. That would yeah, be fun. just to catch up with them. We should do that. Uh, but yeah, so now Dubois has taken. They didn't retire Nick Antropov's number eighty here in Winnipeg. What? Um, but Pierre-Luc Dubois is wearing it uh, proudly and quite successfully All these right. days. So anyways, today, Mike, on our little podcast here that we do, we're going to talk, well, I guess about Tuesday's press conference uh, when uh, Kevin Cheveldayoff and owner Mark Chipman addressed the media in regards to the uh, Chicago Blackhawks sexual assault scandal. Uh, we'll chat about the game, which was also Tuesday night. Uh, the team improved to 5-2-2. Two, and two after their overtime win over the Dallas Stars. We'll chat a little bit about the Bombers. They're back from their bye week. And we might talk a little bit about that egg on your head, Mike. <laughs> Sporting a bit of a goose egg, yeah, a bit goose of a lump. Egg. Is that what you call it? Goose egg, yeah. yeah. And it, it'll tie in. This is the cliffhanger for folks. It, it, the lesson in why I have a goose egg on my head uh, is to say smoking is very bad for your health. And smoking we'll explain the connection there. All right. Okay, on to the first period. All right, Mike McIntyre. Last week at this time, the had just kind of broken the the news. The Jenner report. and Block report. Is had that what just, it's called? Jenner and yep. Block. The Jenner and Block report came out. 107 pages, 139 witnesses, uh, basically explaining what happened in the um, the Kyle Beach uh, situation in Chicago. Um, I don't know. We need to recap it all, but I think there, people are pretty familiar now. I, I think so. Yeah. But so there was a meeting of the executives of the Chicago Blackhawks where they were briefed on uh, a player who we later learned to be Kyle Beach had made some allegations towards one of the a then video coach, Brad Aldridge. Right. And um, uh, it sounds like the the higher-ups in that meeting of executives decided that they, they told the hockey people to look after trying to win the Stanley Cup at that time. Right. And they would look after this. And um, they did it. Police uh, were never contacted. Correct. Aldrich was allowed to sort of quietly resign after they won the Cup a few weeks later. And we now know Aldrich went on to, uh, to go work at a high school in Michigan where he molested a young boy. A player was convicted and jailed for that. Um, and there's civil litigation. This all came to light kind of last summer because Kyle Beach and that Michigan player are now suing the Blackhawks, and this kind of blew this wide open. It's why this independent investigation was launched, this Jenner and Block report, former U.S. attorney led it, and the findings last week, yeah, it specifically revolves around these seven men that were in this meeting. Kevin Sheveldayoff was one of the seven. 
Um, and what we now can say, Steve, that we couldn't say a week ago is that six of those seven men are now out of the NHL. Um, Three were three, gone three already. already were, yeah. for, not, for not because of this, for other reasons. Perhaps. I mean, we wonder why. Right, I guess, yeah. I, we don't know the full story of why a guy like John McDonough was sort of fired well, a year ago. Well, Blackhawks were kind of floundering. They were. Yeah. Um, but the other three who were still employed when this report came out are no longer employed. That would be Stan Bowman, uh, who was the GM, Al McIsaac, um, and Joel Quenville, who last Friday resigned after a face-to-face meeting with Gary Bettman. Now, Kevin Chevaldeoff had a face-to-face meeting with Gary Bettman. He did not resign, and a very different outcome, Steve. And Bettman exonerated Chevaldeoff, said that basically of the seven people in that meeting, he was the lowest ranking, the most junior voice. Um, he, he knew very little about what Aldrich was being accused of. And Kyle Beach himself has confirmed that he did not at the time tell Blackhawks management the full extent of what had happened to him, that, that it was a full on sexual assault. Um, it was more along the lines of inappropriate texts and sort of harassment. Uh, and so Shevelyev and Mark Chipman, they met the media yesterday. They, they spoke for the first time publicly about you know, what he knew, what he didn't know, what he did or didn't do. And Mark Chipman spoke about why True North is standing by Shovel Day Off. They are not asking for his resignation. They are not firing him. And what they said yesterday, Steve, the gist of it is that they are going to use this um, entire sad episode as a launching point to, um, to try and do better, to make hockey more inclusive, make hockey safer, uh, and Mark Chipman actually talked about the Rick Rippin, you know, suicide and his battle with mental illness and what True North has done with that and almost equating it now to what they're going to try and do with this. And let's face it, the eyes of the hockey world, they're kind of on Winnipeg right now because Shovel Dayoff is the last man standing. Yeah, so um, it'll be interesting to see what they do do. It, I, I feel confident only because of what they've done in the past uh, as it relates to s- subjects like mental health, that right. I would take Mark Chipman's word here that they will do a lot. You know, I don't know what they're going to do, and I, I don't quite know how to say it, but I would suggest that they will fulfill the promise that they made, right. that he made. I, I don't see that not happening. Not just pay lip service. No. I mean, we know of a couple tangible things that have already happened. Um, They've reached out to Sheldon Kennedy, uh, who may be brought in, we heard yesterday, Steve, as a lecturer for the team, the organization, to speak with employees, players, perhaps be a guest coach, speak with prospects about his learned experience. And I'll give True North some credit for that. Unlike Gary Bettman, the day earlier in his news conference, when asked if they would include Sheldon Kennedy... And he kind of coldly dismissed, I thought, the Kennedy saying, well, Sheldon Kennedy's abuse didn't happen in the NHL, as if that precludes him from now bringing forward, like, come on. Um, Gary Bettman is a lawyer. He was kind of speaking as a lawyer, which comes across very coldly. So True North is clearly willing to work with Sheldon Kennedy. I believe they've also reached out to a Manitoba judge who's done a lot of work. It was was funny watching Bettman and Daly, the two New York lawyers in New York, and then watching Chipman and Sheveldayoff, the two guys in... In, in the human beings in Winnipeg here, you know, like it, <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was a lot more folksy or whatever. So, uh, so uh, Kevin Shevoldov, did 
was just a served here, Mike. I mean, you 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 wrote a couple of columns saying you wanted to wait to see what yeah. he had to say. You were kind of on the fence. I I think I was. I, I I wrote in a playbook this morning that I felt the decision on him was fair. Uh, I accept it. I you know like I don't think that it warranted any further punishment. Right. Um, I had I had already expressed that to you prior. You know, over the last week or whatever, based on the facts, mostly because. Um, he, he didn't know it was never presented as a sexual assault, right? And so the obligation to then report it to the authorities is not really there. Maybe it should be. I don't know. I mean, I've, you know, I don't know that I would have done any different. Um, and then, so what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I think a couple things can be true, Steve. The optics could still not be great here. And I don't think you fire people for optics. You don't. There's far too much of that in the world, in my opinion. I don't think making other victims uh, uh, to satisfy one victim is a good idea. And I think if the whole idea here, I mean, unfortunately, Steve, nobody can go back. And even if we go to the time that Blackhawks management learned about this, they at that point, nobody could have undone what already had happened to Kyle Beach, right? Like, it was done. No, no, of course not. The no, one no. thing that the argument could be made could have been prevented was the future abuse of the, the Michigan hockey player. Correct. had. But So you can't undo, but even that can't be undone as we sit here in 2021. None of that can be changed. The only thing now is is to foster a path so, Although the, the upper management people of the, the the people that were responsible for at least investigating and trying to find out what happened, they are culpable. Like they, they are. They should have done more. There's no, they, don't get me wrong. For sure. And they so should have done more. Some of them have lost their jobs. The the I, the civil lawsuit. I suspect they're going to take an absolute financial hit here. Aldridge still contends that it was consensual, right? Right. They, he does. Right. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how this, the court case works out. But the, the bottom right. line to me is that y- they've got to now use this to make the hockey world a better, safer place. There seems to be a commitment to do so, not just here in Winnipeg, but I think across the league and at all levels. Um, so now, you know, they've talked the talk. Now it's time to walk the walk and we'll see where that goes. And in some ways, you know, Shovel Day Off and the Jets, there's an opportunity here to be yep. leaders. Yep. Um, and as you say, they've done it on other issues before. Now let's see if they can do it again. All right, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Cetera podcast. Mike, there's probably some hockey fans that would just, they just want to watch some hockey. Right. It's been a tough week uh, for sure for Jets fans, for hockey fans, for, for everyone. And so then they got a hockey game last night. Um, interesting, to, you know, for the players to go out and play after all of this, and it, there's some major compartmentalizing for sure going on for a lot of people uh, right now. And um, um, so now the Jets uh, came out last night and they had a three-one lead. Then they spit that in the third <laughs> period, but then won in an impressive overtime or a shootout. Uh, Mark Shifley. So they're now five-two and two. Um, do you think are, uh, nobody's jumping off buildings anymore? No. After, after that, after o- that o- o- two, 2 and one, and one start, start yeah. uh, they are f- they are five. Uh, well, they're five zero oh, and two since their zero oh, and two start. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, so they're undefeated. Seven games, and interesting to note, Steve, all seven of those games, they've been missing at least one of Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Connor Hellebuck. 
they have not they played one game this year where they had what you would call their full lineup that was game two in San Jose uh, a game that they lost in regulation where they blew a two-goal lead and they ended up losing because if you'll recall Mark Scheifele was suspended for game one he came back for game two so they had everybody by game three Blake Wheeler had COVID by game four Mark Scheifele had COVID and then fast forward to last night game nine now you got Scheifele and Wheeler back but Connor Hellebuck's out because his wife had a baby um, so they have not, they've had one game out of nine and here they are five, two and two. If they win their next game Friday night, Steve, I looked this up last night, a six, two and two start would be the best 10 game start in Jets 2.0 history. Wow. They have never what the hell happened. Yeah. And <laughs> so they're, they're tied for first. They haven't we even played that well. They haven't played that well. <laughs> they haven't had their full lineup. Mark Shifley doesn't have a goal except for the shootout goal. Right. Blake Wheeler doesn't have a goal. Their backup, Eric Comrie, who there are a million questions about, is 2-0. and uh, And their penalty kill is still pretty terrible. And, oh, here they are about to, well, they started a seven-game homestand. Now they got six more home games. There's an opportunity here. If they could get some other things going like they could be in tremendous shape in a couple weeks from now with this homestand on on top so yeah I mean all is is well with the on ice product it would seem and a lot of things I mean they're getting what and and they haven't got much from what the person some people think is the best player on Nikolai Nikolai Ehlers for sure he's got the two goals which came in the one game I think he's only got 19 seconds right he played for 19 seconds (laughs) um but they are getting terrific contribution. Pierre-Luc Dubois has seven goals. Kyle Connor uh, has seven goals. So let's talk about Dubois and Connor a little bit, Mike. I mean, Connor has been, um, you know, I thought Connor has been a good player. He's been a real good player, and he certainly has been able to score at the right. NHL level since he came into the league. But I don't think that I've ever seen him drive the play. For sure. Like he has been this good year. Good way to put it. Uh, it Everybody a, thought he, he was a byproduct Correct. of playing with Shifley and Wheeler. Right. That, that you could almost put anybody on that line. Right. But now what we're seeing is Kyle Connor is the driver for right. sure. And he's now kind of what he had with Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler. He now has that with Pierre-Luc Dubois. It's a mutually yeah, more beneficial. So, more so for sure. Even, yeah. Because to me... Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor both look faster than ever. They are so quick out there together. Uh, and they, there's just something about them that works so well. And, um, you know, it's created a situation where, like last night, Steve, Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley were on a line with Adam Lowry. They that, were the third line. They were the third line. Because you also have the red-hot Andrew Kopp, that Ehlers guy who is bound to break out. Uh, and Paul Stasny, who I think is up to, what, five goals? Like, Paul Stasny's quietly had a nice... So if you count the centermen on the team, when you got, like, you got Shifley, you got Dubois, you got uh, Andrew Kopp, you got Adam Lowry, you got and Paul, Paul Stasny. Stasny. Two of those guys are playing the wing. Right. They, 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 they're pretty deep Who's at center. Who's playing the fourth line center? Well, they don't even have a fourth line right now, do they? Well, they don't because they're just no. dressing 11 forwards. Right. Uh, right. So it's been Riley Nash when he's been in the lineup or Jansen Harkins. But right now they're just kind of rotating, <clears throat> which... They seem to really like that. And I get the strategy behind doing that, Steve, is number one, they like Nathan Bolio to have him as a penalty kill option. <clears throat> so they're dressing seven defensemen to get Bolio. But the other thing is they're trying to get guys like Connor and Ehlers maybe a little more favorable matchup and some extra ice so they can kind of double shift them with their fourth line. 
and it seems to be working. What else? And, and then the other thing that's been very different this year uh, than last year and kind of goes back to more a few years ago or whatever is that they're getting a lot of offensive production from their defensemen. They so sure now are. Josh Morrissey is scoring. Uh, Three goals already, Nate, all on the power Nate play. Schmidt's got a, a eight assists. Eight assists is that Neil Pionk has eight assists. Like Neil Pionk and Nate Schmidt are among the defensive scoring leaders in the league. The two of them, eight points in nine games. Like they're on pace for, it's not sustainable probably, they're on pace for like 70 point seasons, right. the two of them. Uh, so yeah, the Jets are getting, I saw the stat the other day that it's something like 32% of their points so far are from their back end. Yeah, and it was down like at 17% or something like right, that last year. Right, it was minuscule. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. again, that was because you had Tucker Pullman and Derek Forbert right. in your top four. Okay, so they're scoring, but are they, are they, they're still giving up a lot of goals. Um, they are. Is it still, so what's the, what's the deal here? A big part of that is the penalty kill, that, right? They're, I guess, yeah. They're, if you look well, at their plus minus, like yeah. the Jets, because of course plus minus, when you give up a power play goal, you don't take a hit. Right, the right. Jets are all like on the, and a lot of them are really high on the positive. Okay. It's because they're, they're giving up so many power play goals. They gave up uh, another, another one last night. Another right? one last yeah, night. Yeah. Um, if they could get that penalty kill, which is second worst in the NHL, I believe only Arizona, who are winless in 10 games, uh, are, have a worse penalty kill. If the Jets can get that sorted out um, and maybe trim a goal a game kind of thing, like, my goodness, with the, the they're scoring a lot, right? They're, they're, there's no shortage of offense. They have a lot team. of good forwards. They do, and there's now a competition brewing between the two power play units, which is a night... Uh, I think the Jets are now up to... Riley the, Nash is not on the power play not. anymore, is he? The, one of the best <laughs> tweets I got a couple of weeks ago when when Nash was put on the power play is somebody tweeted at me to ask me if Paul Maurice thought R. Nash was Rick, Rick Nash, Nash. Yeah, yeah. That, that he maybe misread the... Right. Uh, uh, but yeah, he's off the power play. Josh Morrissey's developed an absolute cannon. Maybe it's not the Dustin Bufflin shot that we got used to seeing, but Morrissey's shot, that one-timer, he scored three times already on it. And I was at Jets practice the other day, Steve. He put like three off the bar and in when they were doing power play drills. Like he's feeling So why it right. is there no love for this team? It's a good question, right? Like they, they're, they're kind of the quietest or maybe the, the most... Um, critiqued first place or tied for first place team is it just us doing it here or is there is there just is there no love for them anywhere like i don't get it like even preseason we talked about this like if you look at their lineup on paper there's a lot of good players there is like there's you know what i mean like guys that have proven that they can play in this league not just potential good players right. like some teams like dallas has some really good potential good players young players or whatever but i mean you've got you've got you know, 10 guys or so at least that are proven star players in the NHL. Yeah. And, and you don't get that many – when you get a team like that that has that many star players, they're going to be tough to play against, aren't they? For sure, as long like, as they're all kind of pulling in the same direction. Right, and, so uh, – yeah. And there seems to be kind of a galvanization here of this group. They've, they've obviously had – some success over the last few years, but they've also had some setbacks and, you know, they seem to now be kind of got their eye on the prize and uh, it's a, it's been a positive start to the season. We'll see if they can keep it up six more games on this homestand coming up. All right, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Setra podcast. Mike, um, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the 10 and one Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, got back on the practice field yesterday, Tuesday, 
Um, the only way you can stop the bombers from winning these days, Steve, is to the have them have them uh, buy, right? Butter boom. Yeah. Nice one, Mike. Like um, terrible week last week. So the get this. Didn't win. No, <laughs> ten one team comes back from the buy and they welcome to their roster on the very first day <laughs> a, a all star cornerback in Winston Rose who led the league in interceptions in two thousand nineteen, and a, one of the better kickers that I've seen in the league in a number of years, Sergio Castillo, who was with the Bombers at one point, but then was let go when the Bombers signed Justin Medlock. Yeah. Um, Yikes. Like <laughs> The rich get richer, for holy. sure. Uh, I, I suppose if there's one... So they have three regular season games left starting this Two week. Two against Montreal against, and one's against Calgary. Right. Um, and then they're going to get a bye uh, because the, Correct. The, for, when the West semifinal goes. So... I don't know, Steve. I guess the 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 challenge here for the Bombers is not to beat yourselves, right? I mean, because nobody else is really proven capable of kind of standing in there with you. Toronto beat them in Week Two, which seems like a long time ago. It was. Um, so the Bombers, you know, obviously priorities over the next few weeks. Number one, keep your main guys healthy, and I guess there's going to be you're going to have to balance, I guess, risk reward versus you know, do you limit playing time? Do you do you do you let the backups in a little bit uh, well, more. Well, Michael Shea said. I mean, he's not. Tip, he doesn't tell us anything really. Yeah. He doesn't tip his hand on anything. He's pretty secretive. Um, you know that they were just going to still approach it one game at a time type right. of thing, and they they go into every game a zero zero, trying to become one and zero oh in each game. Yeah. This is their you know, and, and it's worked. You know sure. what I mean? They they've done a nice job. You know, uh, for all the criticism, you know, people including myself have leveled at Michael Shea. Uh, you gotta give a guy's due, and the, the fact that they're ten and one, yep. and they they off a Grey Cup win, right? Do you know what I mean? It's hard to say too much bad about the Bombers. And right an now. entire year with of COVID pause, yeah. That they've so, been able to pick up where they so left I, off. So yeah, I don't, you know, I think that they'll probably just take it, you know, quarter by quarter, game yeah. by game, and if if the game is, if, I think they'll still try to win every game, and if the game is in hand, Sean McGuire might get in there. Uh, Andrew Harris was not practicing. I would think that probably be. Really careful with him because they have Brady Oliveira, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing Sean McGuire play a little bit. Yeah, see what he's I like. mean, at the end of the day, the Bombers are going to ultimately, I guess, be judged not with wh- how these next three weeks play no. out. Nobody, I mean, no. the, the results do not matter at no. all. Uh, but how they do in the two games that they really want to win, which is the West Final and ultimately the Grey Cup a week later in Hamilton, um, and you know, the, if you're the Bombers for all the good you've done this year and my goodness they are a dominant force you'd hate to undo that with kind of one sloppy performance but hey anything can happen the bombers are probably going to face they're going to face a team in the west final that is feeling really good about themselves because they'll be coming off a win and it's probably going to be calgary or saskatchewan it would appear that that's I mean, I think mathematically, BC could still work I think its so, way yeah. in there. But it's probably Calgary, Saskatchewan. And, you know, so whoever the Bombers have to face here on December the 5th. Um, interesting, Steve. Calgary, Saskatchewan were the teams the Bombers disposed of two years ago on their way to winning the Great right, Cup. On right, the road, but this on the road. On the road. This time, uh, yeah, the, the setting will be a little different. Um so yeah, the Bombers, uh, they they just continue to roll. And as you pointed out, two big additions now. And and one of them certainly addresses, if there was one area of, of weakness, it was the kicking game. Yeah, for and, sure. And, yeah, uh, yeah they're, they're, they're as good as... Now you got another situation this Saturday. 
uh, folks at home are going to have to decide who they're <laughs> going to watch. The Bombers are playing Montreal at 6 o'clock, and the Jets are playing the Islanders, New I believe. Island. Yeah, also at 6 o'clock. Also at 6 o'clock. Um, last time this happened, um, I was I went to the football game, and I watched the Bombers live. I didn't see the Jets game. Um, I'm not sure who, what I'll do this weekend. I'm kind of leaning towards watching the Jets maybe this weekend. It depends on what happens. Yeah, when, I will yeah. be watching neither because no. I will be in what? Las Vegas, Steve. What? Uh, we, what? we head to Vegas on uh, on Saturday morning. Wait, so, what? Yeah. You're on vacation? <laughs> is this, this news to you? Huh? What? Um, is this on the schedule? Actually, I lie what? because I've already told my wife that we're going to go find somewhere to watch the Jets game probably in Vegas on Saturday night, uh, sports book or something. Well, so. What was her response to that? Well, she's she's keen to do she that. Yeah. Do that? Um, or she said she might go shopping while I go do that. But uh yeah, so you know the the Bombers and the the Jets did kind of work together for that West final in December, where they've now created some separation between yeah, the start. The Bombers times. moved it back to three o'clock, and the Jets moved to seven. So right, four so the hours Jets there. added an hour. They were going to start at six. The Bombers were going to be three thirty. So now fans can maybe have that Super Sports Day. That, by the way, that's going to be the West final, and then the Jets are hosting the Leafs, which is always an event in Winnipeg. Uh, because, well, other than last year, you only saw you only see Toronto here once a year. So, what's going on with the Leafs these days? They won last well, night. They beat yeah, the they've, Vegas. They've gotten it going a little bit here. Marner and Matthews have kind of woken up. The Vegas, Vegas is the Vegas, Vegas is, is terrible, scuffling eh? big terrible. time for sure. I could see that coming, man. Yeah, um, you know, it's Vegas has some injuries now, and maybe they'll trade for Jack Eichel. There's uh, apparently the Eichel sweepstakes. Uh, they have where would they get salary cap money? I don't to know trade for Jack. And Eichel? the other thing is, Jack Eichel's not coming in to save this season, anyways. He's hurt. He needs surgery. He's not going to play till next year, probably. Right. right? If you're yeah. getting Jack Eichel, it's so yeah. If anything, you might actually hurt your team. Why now. would you? Why would you just let the Vesna Trophy winning goalie go? Like, well, that seems like a move that <laughs> that hasn't worked on many levels, no right? Guff. Mark. Andre Fleury's miserable in Chicago. Chicago's awful, <laughs> who we're going to see here on Friday, by the way. Um, They're awful one, in a number of ways. Folks. They are, yeah. And I wonder if there's any storylines around that Jets-Blackhawks <laughs> game on Friday night. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, that didn't work out. And sometimes, I guess, Steve, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. So what have been what are some of the other surprises around the league this year? There's been some. Like, there's been teams that are... Like really winning where you wouldn't have thought they were. San Jose six and two, and San Jose was number one, supposed to be terrible, and number two, they've been hit by COVID. Right, like they just beat the Jets the other day with seven AHLers like in their lineup, and then they just went and won again the other night. They're six and two. They're who's been really bad that you thought that maybe would be good. Well, the Leafs were, but they're they've turned around a little bit. Vegas for sure. Yeah, are we surprised that Montreal is really bad? I'm not. I thought a lot of what they did last year was smoke and mirrors a bit. I mean, they peaked during the playoffs. They played a certain style, but they also Steve lost Corey Perry, who was really good. Phil Deneau, who was really good. Jesperi Kakaniemi. They don't have Carey Price. They don't have Shea Weber. Yeah, Joel Edmund. Like they're missing a lot of pieces for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Arizona's awful. They have no wins through ten. Are the they going to win the, ten? The games? Oilers are off to a Oilers good are start. Off to, but so is Calgary. I. That's I'm the team. More, that's the team that surprised me. Yeah. Although going into last year, I thought Calgary. The one thing Calgary has is they have a really, 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 really good goalie. They do. Um, and so I thought they would be a better team last year they in the sh- Canadian yeah. division. They just never showed any jump in their forwards. Um, but they are this year. And um, so, yeah, they've been off. 
Wow, the Sutter's got them going, eh? He does. The dinosaurs he got does them going. He does indeed. Right? Uh, something's still working there. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a few like Florida's Florida's eight zero and one. Yeah, Carolina's nine and zero. Yeah, but, those uh, are two good teams. They yeah. are. Um, but uh, the Rangers have been good. Rangers have been very good. Yeah, and uh, you know it's still early, but geez, a few weeks from now it's U.S. Thanksgiving, and that's where that old stat about when teams are in a playoff spot. The majority are there at the end of the year, right? You want to be in good shape, and that's where we're going back to the Jets. How's Colorado doing? Have they not good at all? They're well. like four and five. They're right. kind of scuffling. Yeah, um, yeah. Colorado, Vegas were kind of my two teams, they and were. Um, you know, I so cautioned you on that. Yeah, interesting. St. Louis has had a good start as well. Like you look at the, I don't see that holding. You up. look at the Central Division right now. The teams on top are Winnipeg, St. Louis, and Minnesota, uh, not Colorado, uh, not Dallas. Um, Chicago and Arizona are kind of at the bottom. Nashville's kind of in the mix as well. But um, yeah, it's been an interesting start to the season and looking forward to uh, to what happens next. All right, folks, we're back for the overtime period of our Jet Setra podcast. Mike, Mike, yes. Mike, Mike, you almost didn't make it to Vegas, <laughs> Mike. Um, folks, you probably haven't heard, but our Mike McIntyre on his way home from the rink uh, from the morning skate yesterday, was heading home. I don't know why you were heading home because you're just going to have to head back for the Chipman Shovel Day Off press conference. But I'll tell you why. Okay, we thought the Chipman Shovel Day Off press conference was going to be in the morning. We had been told the day before it was going to happen right after the morning skate. Right. Then we get there yesterday morning. They tell us actually it's happening at four o'clock. Right. I wasn't so I wasn't going to wait now four more hours. Oh, to I go, see. So I was going to go home for bed. I was going to change. Right. Uh, and I was going to like put, the suit put on, on my suit up. Put the suit on. They to wear go back suit. To they wear suits to the Jets game, we folks. Do. A little old fashioned there. Yeah. It's kind of um. They don't. They say like they want you to dress. There is a dress code. There is a dress code. It doesn't require a shirt and tie, but we like to we like to dress up. They don't like um, they don't like jeans. Uh, well, they don't like they don't mind jeans as long as they're nice jeans. Right, like not it, the ripped kind. Not the ripped kind. No. Yeah, um, I like dressing up still. Yes. Yeah? yeah, I do. I I enjoy it. It. Uh, I you know when I first started to go to Jets games when I first came back and I would go to games or whatever I would. You know, put, put a tie on or yeah. whatever. Now I basically wear a jacket. I wear a sport coat. And well, it's pretty cold there too. So sometimes you want to like bundle up because it's cold true. in the press box. But anyway, so anyways, Mike's, on, yeah, his way, Mike's on his way home in between the morning skate and the press conference and bang, all of a sudden I get a text <laughs> that he's been broadsided. And I'm like, my first thought was, who's going to cover the press conference? No, I wasn't Mike. I thought, I wonder if he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what's our concussion protocol? What's the NHL protocol? Maybe I'll call John McDonough and find out from yeah. him. Yeah, oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of funny funny jokes were going through my head. I, I don't think I sent any of them to you. I was tempted. Oh, let me just get a hold of Joel Quenville on this. <laughs> oh, wait, Joel says you got to play on. Right, exactly. Never mind. For we'll the greater deal with, good. We'll deal with your injury later. Yeah. Yeah. Sweep it under the rug. Um, yeah, so it was uh, an interesting and a little bit scary, Steve. I've yeah, never been no hit doubt. like that. I mean, I'm completely have the right away not a stop sign or red light situation just bang full st st speed ahead uh and the guy was trying to cut across the road like he, he's going so i was going uh east and he's going south for folks trying to get a mental picture of this so i'm east and i have the right away and as i said there's no stop sign or red light i it's just i have the right away he, this guy is going uh south and he's already cut across 
the westbound lane. Yeah, he's halfway across the road. Right, so he's now in, in the, the median, median but yeah. in but he thinks he's just got the full clear path to just yeah, yeah. go straight across. Yeah. So he barrels right into me, like probably at 50 kilometers an hour, boom, right into the, the driver's side door. Fortunately, he hit me. The impact was kind of at the the seam of the door, like by the front tire and not completely like not flush on the door handle because if it had the door probably would have been pushed right into me i mean it still got caved in but um enough of the impact i think was absorbed that i did hit my head on the glass or something uh, a little bit of blood there i was dazed for sure never lost consciousness and been very careful to kind of monitor the last 24 hours for any concussion symptoms i'm happy to say i don't have any I do have a sore neck and, and back, but, um, the, you know, I felt so bad once I kind of came to my senses and the, the guy who hit me couldn't have been nicer, which sounds kind of funny. Like he stopped. So the guy he, shouldn't even been there apparently, right? He, he shouldn't. He, he so told his, you that he was, he, had a craving to get some right. cigarettes or he something. Had, he's like, he said that he quit smoking a few months ago and then he lost his job recently and oh. a lot of stress. And so he, he lives very close by. He said, I was just dashing out to go get some cigarettes. And he, and so he's like, very colorfully, he's saying, I should have <laughs> just, why, why didn't I just stop? So I should have quit smoking. Why, why did I go out for cigarettes? So, uh, and then he sort of said, you know, yeah, smoking's hazardous to your health. I guess in my case, hazardous to my health. Yeah. I, I just feel bad. The car I was driving was a new to us used car, but my daughter and I purchased it together. She just got her license a few weeks ago. Uh, we love the car. We're waiting to hear now. I mean, it's been towed to MPI and we'll get an assessment. Hopefully it's not a write-off uh, because that would suck. We love this car. Um, hopefully they can repair it. And thankfully my head doesn't need too many repairs. And so I was playing a little bit hurt yesterday, Steve. I did go home. My wife came, picked Man, me I'm up. craving for a cigarette all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, kind of, it's like stressful. Take a bike. Bike to go get your cigarette. Yeah, exactly, uh, less yeah. hazardous. Well, I haven't had a cigarette in a while. Have you? Did you ever smoke? I never smoked. Never smoked. No. Lucky. You were a smoker though, yeah? Oh, yeah. For yeah. a long time, yeah. Yeah, what a bad habit. Yeah, like Terrible. it's also an expensive habit. My goodness, cigarettes are so, expensive yeah. these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I think not, I mean, now nowadays, like I was going to say young kids, there's not a new generation. Everybody vapes, right? Vaping's. The Is that what they do? By the way, I sent this to you in my- I vaped to quit smoking. Oh, did you? I did, yeah. And then you just got rid of vaping altogether. I did. See, some people think, can't do that they maybe get stuck on the baby you know i i ran a couple errands before i came here today to go get some water and stuff it dawned on me steve there's literally a cannabis shop speaking of smoking there's like a cannabis store on every single corner in winnipeg these days every strip mall has one like they're just popping up like dandelions in the spring how much cannabis are winnipegers consuming <laughs> They're uh, well, everywhere. I, it's funny, you know. I, I don't know if you want me to get me started on this, Mike. I'm not judging people. It's legal. I'm not judging them at all. Yeah, lots of I, things are legal that you still can abuse. Sure. Uh, so, but it's just it's, speaking from personal experience. Yeah, it's just like I, I guess the the demand must be requiring the supply. Otherwise, these places probably won't last. I, I, re I read a report that, that, that so they're just starting to get data on the the since cannabis has been legalized yeah. right and so most of the data is from the first 24 months of it being legalized and some of that data is not completely accurate because stores weren't 
opening. They were right. just starting to open or whatever. So um, there's an increase in use <laughs> for sure, you know, with availability. Um, so I guess we'll see how that it's all like plays out. It's like payday loans. Do you see the payday loan there's stores? There's a few more cannabis you shops see, that payday loans. You see pharmacies? It's, there's, yeah. I think there's more cannabis shops, it seems like, than Tim Hortons. Yeah, and I mean, I'm a punny guy. I like punny names. So I'm, I'm always looking now because a lot of these places have, they're using like names, right? Like, um, you know, they, they play off the, the smoke or whatever, <laughs> the, the, the bud. or So I like some of the names of these places. But yeah, I'm just thinking, my goodness, like eventually they can't all survive, can they? Maybe they can. Maybe can, there's that much I can demand. honestly say that I have never been in one. No, nor have I. Well, actually... <laughs> I, I would be lying. I do have to go in one occasionally because we give our dog, our 13-year-old sweet Cassie, who's got some aches and pains, we actually give her um, uh, CBD? CBD, oil, CBD oil, which yeah. helps a lot. So I, I actually go into this this store every now and then to go buy weed for my dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go, folks. That's, what a way to end it. That's a good way to wrap. Okay, Mike, so I, I, let me just get this straight. You're like, on holidays or something? Totally on holidays, Steve. What? Starting yeah. when? Starting Saturday. I'm back oh, Saturday. the following Saturday. So you're yeah. working tomorrow and I'm Friday? I'm working tomorrow and Friday. And, today. Yeah. Uh, today and you're and gone today. for a whole week? Gone for a week, Steve. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I so guess we won't be doing this next week. So no. we're to Vegas. Where are you staying in Vegas? We are staying at uh, a Holiday Inn. Oh, interesting. Yeah, just I off stayed at a Holiday Inn once there. Okay, yeah. Maybe. it was. I stayed at the hotel. Did you ever see the movie... Leaving Las Vegas. I did, yeah. With loved Nicolas it. Cage. Yes, love it. That motel that he stayed in. Yeah, you stayed there? I stayed there. Really? Yeah. I hope your experience was a huge, little better than his. Huge. <laughs> his wasn't so good. Not particularly. <laughs> I, I don't know. No, no, no. It's kind of similar. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know bit. what happens? They're supposed to stay there, Steve. It, so yeah. I won't ask you for more details. All right. right. <laughs> yeah. Thank God I don't do that anymore, folks. Indeed. Anyways, Mike, you have a great time. Thanks. We'll um, and we'll uh, see you and talk to you in a couple of weeks. You betcha. Take Bye, care. folks. <laughs> <laughs>